Amen. Hey, once again, we are in our study, World Religions, Cults, and the Occult, and Mary Wagster. What is it, number 15? Yeah, give it up for Mary. We didn't even practice that. Unlike Pastor and Bobby, we got to work at these things. But anyway, that's right. Satanism and the rise of devil worship. And hey, we're going to do a recap because that's just what we do. We've already been in our study for many different weeks. We've already dealt with the existence of Satan. Now, why do we have to spend time on the existence of Satan? Because what's the stat? Not in the world, in the church. 65% of people who profess to be Christians don't even believe in a literal Satan. And you wonder why, shocker, it's on the rise today, Satanism, okay? But then we took a look at, no, he's real, but we took a look at his character and his tactics. Why? Because he is real, and because God loves us, he tells us, you know, hey, here's how you deal with it when it comes along. He doesn't leave us hanging high and dry. Is anybody glad about that? So you got to study it if you're going to be blessed by that. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Then we took a look at the history of Satanism. How in the world do we get in the mess, not just in the world, but even the church, where the bulk of people don't even believe in a literal Satan, right? Well, we studied the history of that and how we got into that mess. And then we dealt with that for many, many weeks. Then we, uh, the last four times, we took a look at the beliefs of Satanism, all right? So it's here. It's all over the place. What do these people believe, right? And basically, we saw the first law of Satanism is all over the place, including in the church. It's the law of self, self-worship. Self comes first. Why? Because that was what caused the fall of Satan in the first place. Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28. I will be like God. I will. I, I, I. Me, myself, and I, the unholy trinity. That's the number one law of Satanism, and that's the number one virtue celebrated. Listen, not just in our world today, but even in the church. That's all you get from most of the churches, 95% or so in the United States of America. It's all what's pleasing to self. You don't get the word of God. You get nothing convicted. It's all about self, self, self. So churches, in essence, are preaching the number one law of Satanism. And again, you wonder why it's getting so messed up. Then we saw the next law of Satanism was the law of reversal. Everything exactly opposite of what God says to do, because that's what Satan does. They will focus on the Antichrist. Why? Because he's the opposite of the one and only real Jesus Christ. They will focus on uh, being dark, wearing dark, looking dark, appearing dark. Because why? Because God is light, the opposite of that. They focus on hell as it's going to be a wonderful... How many times you heard somebody, oh, if there is a hell, I'm going to be down there partying with my buddies. Yeah. No, you're not. Uh, the Bible is very clear. You're going to be tormented. It is not a place. It's not a joke. But see, they promote that and think it's a good thing. Why? Because it's the opposite of heaven and what God has to say. Uh, the black mask, they talk in reverse. They, they reverse walk, reverse think, playing music backwards, back masking, all that stuff uh, as well. Then we take a look at the last time was the third law, was the law of self-indulgence. This whole mindset, I will do whatever I want to do. You can't tell me whatever makes me feel good. Does that sound familiar? That's the law of self-indulgence. That's Satanism, folks, is where that's coming from. It's not just our society rebelling. <laughs> it's Satanism that has crept into our society, okay? And then we saw that you uh, basically, the law of self-indulgence spills downhill into certain things. Satanists, uh, because of the law of self-indulgence, don't tell me what to do. I will do whatever feels good. They are also some of the biggest promoters of abortion. We saw last time. Why? Because, and I quote, law from Satanism, one's body is inviolable, never to be infringed upon, subject to one's own will alone. In other words, my body, my choice right? Where's that come from? It's a popular phrase, but guess what? It came from Satanism, right? That's the mindset behind Satanism, my body, my choice, which of course, uh, unfortunately, uh, they promote when it comes to their desire to murder children in the womb. But when you and I have to uh, put on something on our face or get a jab in the arm, what happened to that, right? It's called hypocrisy uh, as well. That's, but that's straight up Satanism. But not only that, they're also behind the homosexual movement. Remember that song we saw last week? Uh, be gay, do drugs, hail Satan. 
This is nuts, folks. What's going on? They're not only coming out of the closet, they're now coming out of the closet admitting that homosexuality and Satanism is hand in hand. 50% of Satanists right now are open homosexuals because it's, it's, that's where it's coming from, right? But again, that's that mindset. It's not just my body, my choice. And Satanism are on the front lines with uh, the right to, quote, murder children. Uh, but their law is also this. One should, this is Satanism, one should live out their lusts and desires. We believe in indulgence, not abstinence. In other words, whatever feels good, whatever my flesh wants to do. Well, that's what's behind that movement as well. Okay, and again, this is the law of self-indulgence. And what we saw, Anton LaVey even admitted it. He says, uh, people don't want to admit this, but those who live like this, that it's all about my body, my choice, whatever self wants to do, uh, whatever my flesh wants to do, that's my lifestyle, I get to do He says, basically, you need to stop calling yourself uh, anything else other than a Satanist, because that's what we do, that's what we are. You're a practicing Satanist, those who believe this and act like that. Okay, and again, you wonder why things are going downhill. Now, speaking of downhill, it's going to get downhill even worse because this law of self-indulgence, all right, is being pushed by uh, Satanism, all right, has blended into another thing that our country is now falling for, okay, and that's what I call the gender fluidity uh, movement, if you will, okay, and uh, let's take a look at that and why God said, man, you're in a heap of trouble when your society goes down this route. Okay, but let's take a look. What does God say about that gender fluidity? Well, first of all, as we left off last time, if you're here, uh, what's Jesus say when you cause little ones to stumble? It's better for you to have a millstone, which is a big giant stone that they use for a grinding grain, man, uh, tied around your neck and chucked into a lake, which means you ain't coming up, glub, glub, is, right? Then to cause a little one to stumble. And this is being taught in preschool. This is being taught in uh, kindergarten is early on, all through school. Uh, get your kids out of school. Uh, you better homeschool. You're going to stand accountable to God. I don't know how bad is it got to get, man, before you get convicted, right? There's always a way, make a way, pray, do some adjustments, do something, but get your kids out of that. They're using the schools to brainwash your kids, not just against God, not just the live evolution, not just against Christianity, not just against Jesus and the Bible, but they're brainwashing them in this baloney, right? And I, I yeah. You're going to stand accountable to God. That's all I got to say, okay? But it gets worse as you go, right? So this gender idea, I'm, I'll make it up as I go, and you know, I'll be a man or a woman or who knows what or nothing or whatever or a light bulb or whatever I want to be, right? What does God say when it comes to the sexes? Well, let's remind ourselves, right? God, it's very clear. You don't have to pray and fast 15 years, right? He's narrowed it down to two options, okay? Rhymes with male and female, Right, Genesis 1, 26 through 27. Then God said, let us make man in our image and our likeness. Let them rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, over all the creatures that move along the ground. And so God created man in his own image, in the image of God. He created him male and female, okay? So when it comes to, quote, sexism, gender, identity, what, what does God say? Two. How many guys can remember 5,000 things? That's a challenge. How many guys can remember two things? We can all do that, right? Just two things, right? God makes it simple. You know, I said, I, I don't know. I just, I better have a class. I hope they teach courses on this in school because I really don't know. No, you know. And in case you don't know, all you got to do is look at the body parts that God gave you. He made it really simple. You know, he said it in the Bible, but it's pretty apparent. That's what you are. You got two options. You're male and female. Now we laugh about that, but that's our discussion you have to have nowadays because uh, things have slidden so far. But again, Satanism says, that's what God says, male and female, Satanism says, nope, nope, hey, be whoever you want to be, right? Does it sound familiar? I will be, I will determine what, who I am. No, 
Folks, that's straight up Satanism. This is where all this is coming from. Now, let me show you just how bad it is and how much it's getting so mixed up, okay? I'm going to, this is just one site, okay? I'm going to show you, uh, God says, how many things? Just to remind you, two, right? And this isn't all of them, but I'm going to give you, according to our world, no, it's not two, it's 46. You got 46 options here. And that's not even all of them. Now, let me share with you, in case you guys don't know, if you are not politically correct. Here's all the different ways uh, that you can describe yourself. First of all, there's allosexual, which describes those who uh, experience sexual attraction to those who aren't part of the asexual community, meaning no sex. There's allosexism, which means all should experience sexual attraction. Then there's androsexual, which those who have a sexual or romantic attraction to men, males, or masculinity. Then there's asexual, which means no sexual attractions to others of any gender. Then there's aromantic, which means you got no romantic attraction regardless of gender or sex. Autosexual, that's a person who's sexually attracted to themselves, okay? Which certainly fits the number one law of self-worship, doesn't it, right? Exactly. Uh, then there's autoromantic, a person who's romantically attracted to themselves, right? There's bi-curious, people who are curious about exploring bisexuality, or bisexual, those who are attracted to more than one gender. There's biromantic, those who have romantic attractions to one or more agenda. There's closeted. Closet refers to those who are in the closet described in the LGBTQIA plus community. Have you noticed that just keeps getting bigger? And we ain't done yet, folks. It keeps coming. And then there's the coming out. Those who are open about their sexuality or gender as they make it up. There's cupiosexual. Now that describes asexual people who don't experience sexual attraction, but still have the desire to engage in sexual behavior and sexual relationships. There's demisexual, which is individuals who experience sexual attraction only under specific circumstances. And there's demiromantic, those people who experience romantic attractions only under specific uh, circumstance. There's fluid. That is to describe sexuality, sexual attraction, sexual behavior that can change over time depending on the situation. Then there's gay, those who are attracted to the same gender. There's gray sexual, which is an acknowledged, it's a gray area of the sexual spectrum. There's gray romantic, uh, a gray area between romantic and aromantic, all right, somewhere in between there. Then there's uh, gynosexual, those who have a sexual romantic attraction to women, females, or femininity. Then there's, of course, heterosexual, those who have a sexual, romantic, or emotional attraction to the people of the opposite gender, homosexual, people who are attracted to the same gender, lesbian, a woman who's attracted to the same gender, then there's libidoist asexual. That term's used to describe an asexual person who experiences sexual feelings that are satisfied through self-stimulation. There's monosexual, those who are exclusively heterosexual, gay, or lesbian. There's non-libidoist asexual, someone who doesn't experience any sexual feelings or have any sex drive. There's omnisexual. Now that's similar in case you're wondering to a pansexual describing individuals whose sexuality isn't limited to a particular gender, sex, or sexual orientation. And again, pansexual, let's define that, shall we? That's those who experience sexual romantic or attraction to any person regardless of that person's gender, sex, or sexuality. There's panromantic. They're romantically attracted to anybody no matter their gender, sex, or sexuality. There's polysexual. Those who have a sexual romantic attraction to people with varying genders. There's homosexual, uh, those who reject sexual labels and don't identify with any of them. There's passing, those refer to those who pass on society's perception of their gender or sexuality. There's queer, which is an umbrella for individuals who are exclusively 
uh, uh, aren't exclusively heterosexual. There's questioning those who are still exploring, questioning their gender or sexuality. There's romantic attraction. Those who have an emotional response uh, that results in the desire of being romantic, but not necessarily sexual relationship or interaction with another person or oneself. There's romantic orientation, which is an aspect of self and identity that involves how you experience romantic desire. If you do, I'm not saying you have to, but if you do, there's sapiosexual, which experiences the attraction based on intelligence rather than sex or gender. Uh, sexual attraction, those who have a desire for another person or a group of people. Uh, sex averse, those who are asexual and are averse to any sex or sexual behavior. There's sex favorable, which is the opposite of sex repulse. There's sex indifferent, those who are indifferent uh, or neutral about sex or sexual behavior. There's sexual orientation or sexuality describing how you feel or experience sexual or romantic desire. Again, if you do, not saying you have to, but if you do, sex repulse, those who are repulsed at, not you just don't, you just repulse any sexual behavior. Scoliosexual, those who are attracted to people who are non-binary, gender queer, or trans. Spectrosexual, those who are attracted to multiple or varied sexes, genders, gender identities, but not necessarily all or any, and there is straight. <laughs> That's also known as God's way. How many ways can you get it wrong? Rhymes with 45, because there's only one way. This is our society today. Now, what you're going to see in our study, this is not just nuts, folks. This is Satanism. This is where it's coming from. Don't tell me what to do. I'll do whatever. My body, my choice, my lifestyle, I'll do whatever feels right, feels good. I will make up whatever I want, whoever I want to be. That's Satanism. It isn't just our society's going south. Now they're getting into all this weird, all these different orientations. That's Satanism. This is where it's coming from. That's that mindset. Okay. One should, and this is their law. This is the law of self-indulgence. Quote, straight up from Satanism, it's on their website. One should live out their lusts and desires, and they believe in indulgence, not absence. Whatever feels good, I mean, anything goes. Whatever you want to do, come on, come all. And that's why a part of the reason why Satanism becomes so popular is pandering to this culture and this mindset, okay, that they themselves have created. But let's take a look at a Satanist. He admits that it's whatever you want. Let's take a look at this. The foundation of Satanism is built upon the self and carrying out the devil's work. Hail Satan! Hail Satan! Hail Satan! Hail Satan! Hi, my name is Zeke Apollyon and I am the chapter head for the Satanic Temple, London and UK. Welcome. Uh, it's so liberating. It is so liberating. I don't think I've ever felt as in my own skin as I do as a Satanist because, I mean, part of it is looking at like ugly sides of yourself and being able to sort of recon reconcile that and looking at ugly sides of humanity. People get in touch with us and we just have a conversation. You know, a lot of times what people want is community. You know, a lot of people feel like outsiders, and so they come to us because they're looking for people that are accepting. Satanism is a love affair with the self. Actually, I think one of the things that the Satanic Temple wants to do is actually sponsor an orgy. Anything goes, man. That's the core of Satanism. Whatever you want to do, whatever kind of sex act thing, you want to make it up. Where's this coming from, folks? 
This is straight up Satanism. This is the core of their belief system. This is the law of self-indulgence. That's our world today. And God warned 2,000 years ago, once you go down this route, you're doomed. Your society is over. In fact, what you're going to do if you don't turn around and repent, you're going to store up the wrath of God. That's all you're going to get out of this. It is not going to help you. It's going to destroy you every single time. Uh, and that's our opening text, believe it or not, tonight. That was just your opener. Romans chapter 1. Let's take a look at that text. We've been there several times uh, in other studies before, but now let's take a look at here. Right? I don't think it's my chance. You're going to see the same pattern now. We've talked about how these things have uh, denigrated into this final stage where God gives you over to a depraved mind, because that's where we're at. We're going to see shortly. But now with this history of Satanism, if you recall, remember Satanism? What came first before people bought into Satanism? The lie of evolution. Remember that in the history section that we went through? And right after when evolution came in to get people to doubt God, just like what happened to Eve in the Garden of Eden, Genesis chapter 3, Satan drops the bomb. He's a good guy. Don't listen to God. Listen to Satan. And then that's when we have what was called the Romantics, okay, the group that came along and began to promote right after evolution came on the scene and say, Satan's a good guy. Let's follow him, right? God says the same thing. Once you bind to this live evolution and then you turn from that, it's downhill from there. Why? Because in essence, you're going to follow Satan, not the Savior, Okay, but let's take a look. Uh, verse 18, the wrath of God's being revealed from where? Heaven, against all ungodlessness or godlessness and wickedness and men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them. Why? Because God's made it plain to them. Well, how do you do that? Creation. Everybody who's alive, you look at creation, there's no way the stars, the tree, the flea, the bead, you and me, intelligent design, you, come on, man, there's no way this happened by chance. It's impossible. It's ridiculous. For since uh, the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse, right? For although they knew God, why did they know God? Because it's abundant. You know there's a God. You just don't want there to be God. So you came up with this lie. You bought into this lie that there is no God. And Peter even tells us why. The reason why they choose to be willingly ignorant of God's existence because they want to follow their ungodly desires. You don't want there to be God. You don't want God telling you what to do. And so they come up with this lie called evolution right? And so for although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were what? Darkened. They claimed to be wise. Well, I got a degree. I got 15 degrees. I graduated from Harvard University. I'm a science right? I got articles appear in Smithsonian Magazine. I don't care who you are. You claim to be wise. You look at the rest of us like we're a bunch of dum-dums. Excuse me? At least we know there's a God. You're the one that's being willingly ignorant, which is what? As we saw before a couple weeks ago, you're being dumb on purpose. You're choosing to be dumb on purpose rather than say, wow, I guess there is a God. Why? Because you don't want there to be a God. And that's why God says, you're a bunch of fools, man. Right? Okay. And so they continue on. Your hearts were darker. They claimed to be wise, but they came fools and they exchanged the glory of the immortal God for the images made to look like mortal mans and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore, what God do? So you sit there. I give you tons of evidence. I exist. You want to buy into this lie of evolution. What's God going to do? Well, I guess I'll just let you. I'm going to give you over. Right? And you're fine. You want to go down that route? Fine. I'll let you go down that route, and here's what you're going to get. You're going to reap what you sow. And so God gave them over to sinful desires of their hearts, the sexual impurity for the degrading their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie. They worshiped and served created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. So the evolution really began to make inroads, as we saw before in our country in the 1960s, okay? And, that the, and you started replacing that with the Bible, with prayer, and then eventually took out the Ten Commandments, certainly in the schools, in the courtrooms, etc. And so in the 60s, what happened shortly after that? You got the 60s, free love, free sex, sexual morality, drug, all that stuff. Okay, did you turn away from that? No. So guess what? God, he's going to put you into the next phase, right? Because of this, God gave them over to now what? Shameful lust. 
Well, what's he talking about? What's the next stage after that? Even their women exchanged natural relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed indecent acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their perversion. That's the homosexual movement. So again, you got 60s coming into evolution. Then that leads to the sexual revolution, basically immorality and all that kind of stuff. God gives you over to that. And then you still didn't want to turn around. You push that through the 60s, 70s. What started coming out in the 80s? Homosexuality, lesbianism began to be popularized. Remember Rock Hudson came out that time? All that stuff. And then Tom Hanks come out with that movie, Philadelphia, and really, oh, I guess it's not really that bad. Hollywood said, that's what happened, folks. Remember that? Right? And the churches in the beginning, I remember that's when I first got saved, 1993. Churches were speaking out against it from the pulpit. No, don't go down. And then all of a sudden, churches started caving in and has kept their mouth shut ever since. And guess what? Now that's been flooding ever since the 80s and 90s. So guess what? You didn't turn around from that. We didn't turn around from that. Now you're in the final stage. This is where we're at, folks, as a country. And so he says there, furthermore, since you didn't think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, then he gives them over to that final stage. And what's it called? A depraved mind. And, and, and what, how do you describe that? You start what? Doing things that you ought not to be done. Folks, what we're seeing uh, uh, with Satanism, what we saw last week and what you're gonna see tonight ought not to be done. This is a sign of a depraved mind, a depraved society. You've gone out of your mind, right? And he says this, and here's what's gonna happen. Tell me this, every single one of these is not true of our country today, unfortunately. They become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, depravity. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice. They're gossip, slanders, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, boastful. They invent ways of doing evil. They disobey their parents. They're senseless, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things deserve death, they not only continue to do these very things, but they what? They also approve of those who practice them, you know, like the Supreme Court decision who approved the lie of same-sex marriage. You redefined marriage. Folks, this is what has happened to our country. We have fallen into that final stage, right? You bought into the lie of evolution, right? Then you started doing whatever you want to do because that's what Satanism teaches, the sexual immorality, and you didn't want to stop. Then you begin to promote what Satanism also promotes, as we saw last week, homosexuality. And then uh, you don't want to stop from that. And guess what? You're going to be in that final stage, the depraved mind stage, and your society is going to literally fall apart. Why? Because you are uh, following uh, the law of self-indulgence. Now, let's go back to that homosexuality there, right? After they gave into live evolution, then they get the sexual immorality movement, and you didn't want to give in, uh, 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 turn away from that. So what came next? Again, what we saw last week, homosexuality, right? Okay. Now, you don't turn away from homosexuality. What did God say? He says, I'm going to give you over to a depraved mind, and you're going to start doing things that you ought not to do. And folks, that is exactly what has happened to our country. Ever since the Supreme Court decision, and when they uh, agreed and redefined marriage, that now it's not just what God said between just a man and a woman, okay? They added another definition that it could be a man and a man and a woman and a woman. And we rolled over and played dead on that as a church. Now, not us. We, we immediately went into a four-week study to be able to give a loving defense to uh, against that decision to get ourselves equipped and hopefully others, but nobody wanted to touch that study still to this day with a 10-foot pole. Nuts, right? But just like God warned, if you don't turn away from that one, what's going to happen? And then if you do, if you approve of those who do that, what's going to happen? You're in that final stage, and it's going to get worse. And sure enough, trace the trail, as soon as that decision was made, it was a spiritual watershed moment for our country. Spiritual. 
And guess what? It opened up Pandora's, dare I say, Satan's box. Just like God said, you don't turn away from that one. If we would have turned away from that one, that might have been a good sign. We're going to finally turn around as a nation. We didn't. And we're in that final stage. Now, let me give you some proof. This is right after the Supreme Court decision, folks, several years ago. All this ongoing redefinition of marriage with same-sex union is now including, now they're pushing for what's called non-monogamy. Again, you're opening up Pandora, Satan's box. Don't tell me what to do. I'll do whatever I want. I'll live however I want, lifestyle however I want, be who I want, make myself up, marry whoever, whatever I want to marry. In other words, multiple partners, polygamy, right? Without the stigma of adultery. In fact, literally, right after the Supreme Court decision, people began to petition the right to have many husbands and many wives, okay? It was right after that, okay? Let's take a look. My next guest is a polygamist. He's already legally married to one woman, and now he would like to legally marry a second, saying the basis for this past Supreme Court ruling for same-sex couples is about inclusion and legal legitimacy for all consenting adults. So why not for polygamists as well? This is, this is his argument. Nathan Collier and his partner Christine went to the Yellowstone County Courthouse looking to be wed under the Marriage Equality Act. The Colliers practice polygamy, but it's currently illegal under Montana state law. We just want to add legal legitimacy to an already happy, functional, strong, loving family. As the two filled out their marriage application, they were met with questions. You're married to someone else? I'm married to, to my first wife, Victoria. Okay. The couple was met with surprise. So are you legally married to I'm legally married to Victoria. So you didn't get divorced from her yet? No, we're still a we're a plural family. I'm a politician, so I have two wives. Well, that is sick. We're not even asking for acceptance. We're just asking for tolerance. The Colliers say if the state of Montana could recognize their marriage as legal, it could be the catalyst for other states to follow suit. So, really, what's he saying? And what was the justification? You approve of those who practice such things, Romans. We didn't roll over on the homosexual, we rolled over on the homosexual issue. We didn't fight back. We allowed that to go through. Did you really think it was going to stop there? What did God say? No. You're going to head straight to depraved mind city, man. And notice that wasn't Utah where you would kind of expect that kind of behavior. Okay? It was where? Montana. Right? But again, what was the justification? Well, you, once you tweak this, anything goes. We can do whatever we want. And again, that's at the heart of, of Satanism. Okay? It's not only the catalyst for other states to follow suit. It's the catalyst now to where we're at. Right? That was probably about, what, five years ago. Folks, it's gotten crazy now because we violated the scripture. We didn't listen to God's warning that once you go down this route and you don't turn from it, you're going to get a depraved mind. And now people don't just want to marry multiple people. They not only want to marry men and men, women and women, instead of God's design, one man, one woman, okay? They are marrying anything they want. Again, this is a satanic law. And I quote, you'll see it in order, you can marry a zombie doll, the ocean, your chandelier, and a 300-year-old ghost pirate. Yeah. Watch this. This is nuts. Kelly, let's watch our wedding video. That was such a special day. I really love you, and I really enjoyed marrying you, you know? I can't wait to spend the rest of my life with you. We're going to do a welcome to start, but just keep in mind that we're going to go around, and any vows that you want to make to the sea, 
or to water. Um, you know, you'll have a chance to speak your vows or do a poem or give them a flower or whatever you want to do, or you can stay silent and just pass. Today we stand upon this holy earth and in this sacred space to witness the rite of matrimony between the sea and us all. Hello, my name is Amanda Liberty. I'm in love with chandeliers and I'm making a commitment to my favourite one, Lumiere. Love you. My name is Amanda Sparrow Large Teague. I'm a witch, I'm a spiritual teacher and I'm well known for marrying the ghost of a 300 year old pirate. Well, how we first met was I was in my room and I felt this energy around me. It was unfamiliar to me. It was not one of the energies that I was used to working with. So at that point, I said, clearly this energy, this entity wants to connect with me, has something that it wants to say. So I decided that I would communicate. First thing he said to me is, I'm dead, you know. And I was, yes, I, I, I do, I get that. <laughs> so I asked him obviously who he was and, and, and what his purpose was. He told me that his name was Jack Teague and that he was a pirate. No, what was that entity? It's a demon, it's what the Bible calls a familiar spirit because once you die, if you're a Christian, praise God, you go to heaven. If you're not a Christian, you go to hell and you don't come back. So she is literally marrying a demon. A demonic spirit, a familiar spirit, okay? Why? Because this is Satanism, folks. This is where it's coming from. This is the law of self-indulgence, okay? And I don't have time. That was just, I'll give you a little smattering of how bad it's gone. Again, you opened up Pandora's Satan box. God said what? You don't turn around from the homosexuality, and then you start approving those who do that? You're in that final, you, that, folks, that's a depraved mind of what's happening. And that's not even counting, I kid you not, people who married the Eiffel Tower, the Berlin Wall, a tree a bear, a bridge, I am not making this one up. They married themselves, then cheated on themselves, and then the divorced themselves. And, and again, it's, this is the unfortunate downhill spiral of what God warned about. Once you go down this route, you deny God with a live evolution, you buy into basically Satanism, and you accept homosexuality, lesbianism, you're going to what? You're going to start doing things that ought not to be done. And it's going to get even worse. Now, remember, they're redefining, and God says male and female. Marriage is between one man, one woman, right? Now it's all being redefined, right? Many, whatever, and all the different 46 different terms, and that's not even all of them, by the way. You know what the latest term that they want you and I to accept? Pedosexual. Huh? Hey, homosexual. What's wrong with the pedosexual? And if you think I'm kidding, folks, I am not, okay? You can take a look at the list there. Gay, lesbian, bisexual, trans, queer, intersex, asexual, non-barrier. What's that? Pedosexual. They're now wanting you and I, because what did God say? You're going to get depraved mind. And if you don't turn away from these things, I'm going to give you into that last stage, and you're going to start doing things that ought not to be done. And this is where it's getting worse. Did you really think it was going to stop with homosexuality? No. Not even close. And this is where we're at. In fact, notice what they say. It's, again, the same thing, L, G, B, T, and now P. Apparently, we're going to have to add to that, uh, those. And I'll give you this one. This is sick. Some people are child lovers. Get over it. This is gross, folks. This is what's coming because, again, God warned, 
You're going to be a depraved society. You are headed for destruction, right? You're not helping anybody when you allow this to continue. But let's remind ourselves, what does God say about pedophilia, right? Well, he's got a lot to say about that. Uh, in fact, Romans chapter 1 says this. We just read this, but if you don't know the Greek, you, you probably skipped right over it. They are senseless, faithless, heartless. Now, that word they're heartless in that particular translation literally is without natural affection, okay? Now, it's not only mentioned there, it's also mentioned here where Paul talks about in the last days there's going to be terrible times and how horrible it's going to be. Why? Because 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 3, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. What's he say? What's, what, people will be what? Lovers of themselves. What's that? That's the number one law of Satanism, self-worship. And from there, it goes downhill. They'll become lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love. And there's the word again. Without love is really without natural affection. Now, that's actually the same Greek word in both instances, okay? Astorgos, okay? And astorgos in the Greek there literally means, again, without natural affection, but it's translated from one Greek word that means inhuman, unloving, and unsociable, okay? Against complete norm, it's out of the whack, and certainly that describes, and people uh, describe that as, this is pedophilia. Now, if you want more proof of that, if we were here last week, we saw back with the homosexuals uh, and, and things of that nature, those who will not inherit the kingdom of God, let's go back to that verse because it appears here as well, the, ped uh, the pedophile. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10, do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived. Neither the sexual immoral nor the, which is again, fornication, any sex outside of marriage, God's definition of marriage, one man, one woman, after marriage, that's when you come together, right? Anything else is called fornication, right? Nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor, remember that? Male prostitutes, right? Nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanders, swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God, okay? Male prostitutes, some translations there will say effeminate. Uh, it's all the Greek word malakos, and it means, to, it refers to, listen, a catamite, right? A catamite, if you want to even look it up at some point, okay? A catamite and it refers to, and I quote, a boy kept for homosexual relations with a man. What's that? That's pedophilia right there in the scripture, folks. And a catamite was a term used in Greece and Rome referring to a pubescent boy who is the intimate companion of a man, quote, usually in a pedophile relationship. So it's right there. Those people will not inherit the kingdom of God along with homosexuality and other things of that nature. So there you go. God says what about pedophilia? Yeah, you're in big trouble, right? You better not only repent, you better get saved, right? Or you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. But what's Satan say? Hey, do whatever you want. Make it up. And boy, did we dupe you guys. <laughs> we got you to accept homosexuals. And God warned, if you do that and you don't turn away from that, you're going to get to that final stage and your society's done, depraved mind. Now they're saying, hey, what's the difference, man? We, how many, we had 46 terms, allosexual, cupiosexual, metrosexual, graysexual. Why not pedosexual? There are people too, right? Folks, I'm telling you, this is the latest one that is being pushed on you and I, okay? In fact, uh, let me give you some examples that there are people in high places saying we need to legalize this. I'm not joking. This is sick, folks. Our society is going down the tubes. It's Pandora or Satan's box, whatever you want to call it. This is uh, the guy right here, Judge Richard Posner, a federal judge, the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals. He's also a supporter of what? 
the gay marriage, because again, that was the watershed moment. You roll over on that one, you open up that box. Well, maybe it's not just as easy as the Bible says, one man, one woman, male, female marriage, that's it. And it opens up, now watch what he said. Perhaps it's time, this is a judge, folks. Perhaps it's time the government begin issuing rape licenses, since the right to rape, for some men at least, exceeds the victim's physical and emotional pain. In print. Other uh, legal officials are saying that pedophiles should also have, quote, civil rights. See, that's how we've gotten bought into the lie of the homosexuality, that it's a civil right. No, that's not a civil right like uh, Martin Luther King and racism. That, that's a civil issue, right? This is a sin issue. But they twisted it to get us to go down that route and call it a civil right. No, it's not. But now, hey, you, went, you bought that, why not this? They should have a civil right. Margot Kaplan... She's a law professor at Rutgers University. Here she is. She says, quote, people who are sexually attracted to children must hide their disorder from everyone they know or risk losing educational and job opportunities. So the nation's anti-pedophilia laws are unfair to pedophiles and should be changed. Why did this happen? Because we bought into the live evolution. We bought into the live evolution we allowed this sexual immorality to come in, which is the heart of Satanism, do whatever you want to do, whatever feels good. We, we bought into live homosexuality, and did you really think it was going to stop there? Did you not read your Bibles? Did you at least not make it to Romans chapter 1? God told you 2,000 years ago, all of us, what would happen, not just to the Roman society, who eventually did go out of existence, folks, but it's the same thing with ours. And it's going to get even worse than this. Watch what this guy says. Another judge in Australia says this, pedophilia and incest may no longer be considered taboo. Listen, what's the rationale? Just as gay relationships are now being more accepted than they used to be in the 50s and 60s. So you accept that, why not this? It's, if anything, it is the logical conclusion. If you have no standard and you get to do whatever self wants to do, which is Satanism, the law of self-indulgence, then anything goes. That's exactly what's going on. In fact, right now, laws are being changed in our country. It's not coming, it's already here, to accommodate pedophilia. And uh, even politicians are admitting that they're pedophiles in public. Watch this. This law, the first law, just happened in California. Watch this. A new bill, SB 145, it's getting a lot of negative attention from people on both sides of the aisle. SB 145 would lower penalties for adults convicted of sex crimes with minors. And joining us to talk a little bit more about this bill is California State Senator Shannon Grove. Senator, thank you for talking to us tonight. Oh, absolutely, Ginger. Thank you very much for the invitation to discuss this important issue. This bill was created by Senator Scott Weiner in San Francisco. Can you explain to us or give us an example of how it would work? So, I mean, we're going to have to have a frank conversation about this bill because this bill does affect our children. SB 145 would remove the requirement for offenders to register as sex offenders if they were committing certain sex crimes with minors and there was a 10-year age gap. The crimes that are excluded that make this bill even more detrimental are non-forcible oral copulation, non-forcible sodomy, and non-forcible sexual penetration by a foreign object. So let's just talk about that for a second. A 14-year-old um, being you know, brought into a situation where she or he endures this type of act, and then the perpetrator says, well, it was voluntary, or they wanted to. 
A congressional candidate from the state of Virginia has openly admitted that he was running a websites that supported the notion of legalizing pedophilia, raping wives, and all sorts of things that you wouldn't imagine someone would publicly support. Uh, his name is Nathan Larson, and I am going to give you some of the details of what he included, what he himself contributed to these websites. When asked whether he's a pedophile or just writes about pedophilia, he said, quote, it's a mix of both. Legalizing sexual child abuse, yes, pedophilia is now classified as a sexual orientation. Yes, hard to believe. Uh, Truth and Action News is reporting the unthinkable. They write that this would seem to be the very first step in tolerating the sodomizing of children. Pedophilia is now officially classified as a sexual orientation under the, the politically correct term minor attracted person. Apparently now people can classify themselves as heterosexual, homosexual, asexual, metrosexual, and then there are endless sexual orientations under the sun, and now pedophilia can be added to the list. Why is this happening? Because we approved those who practice that stage prior to the last stage where you get a depraved mind, homosexuality. As a nation, we said, no, it's not between a man and a woman. Make it up as you go. And it opened up Pandora's box, dare I say Satan's box. This is why. And, and notice the rationale. Now it's not just heterosexual, it's homosexual, it's allosexual, it's metrosexual, and why not be? Do you, you see the rationale? It's not right, but that's what they're riding the way because we've rolled over. And folks, I'm telling you, this is at the heart of the law of self indulgence. And God warned, once you go down this route, man, you deny God, give into live evolution, you start buying into Satanism, it's all about self, do whatever you want, the sexual revolution, I'll be and do whatever, my lifestyle, homosexuality, lesbian, you're going to start doing things that ought not to be done. Guess what? That ought not to be done. It gets worse. The next one that they're pushing for, okay, law of Satanism, uh, law of self-indulgence is bestiality. Now, I mean, come on, right? You just saw that we rolled over, and everybody accepts it. What was the stat in the church? Almost half the church, quote, does not have a problem with homosexuality. This isn't just the world. It's now the so-called church. So if we're going to accept homosexual, why not pedosexual? Here's the new term, folks. Zoosexual. That's the new term. Because, you know, bestiality, that sounds pretty harsh. But it's just a zoosexual or zoophilia, Right? That's exactly what's going on. That's exactly what they're pushing. Now, does God have anything to say about that? Oh, yeah. Just a little bit. Let's take a look at that. Uh, Exodus twenty-two nineteen. He's very serious about this, uh, as well as with the other ones. Anyone who has sexual relations with an animal must what? Be put to death, right? Leviticus 18, 23 through 25. Do not have sexual relations with an animal or defile yourself with it. A woman must not present herself to an animal to have sexual relations with it. That is a perversion. Do not defile yourselves in any of these ways because this is how the nations that I'm going to drive out before you have become defiled. Uh, even the land was defiled. So I punished it for its sin and the land vomited out its inhabitants. 
Uh, God also says about that in Leviticus 20, 15 through 16, if a man has sexual relations with an animal, he must be put to death. You must kill the animal. And if a woman approaches an animal to have sexual relations with it, kill both the woman and the animal. They must be put to death. Their blood will be on their own heads. And then finally, Deuteronomy 27, 21, cursed is the man who has sexual relationships uh, relations with any animal. Then all the people shall say... Amen. But you know what Satan says? Oh, yeah, we'll do whatever we want. Because that's the law of self-indulgence. I don't care what God says. It's my life, my lifestyle, my identity. I will do it however I want. You have no right. That's Satanism. It isn't just that's what our mindset of our culture is. Are you starting to understand this is what? Why is our culture getting so devilish? Because we're following Satanism. It isn't just rebelling against God. We're following Satanism. And God's never going to bless that. This is where it's coming from. Now, let me read to you real quick from an article entitled, quote, Zoo Sexuality is a Valid Sexuality. Quote, now, this is weird. Trust me, I know. But I thought a lot about it, and I can't seem to see what everyone's problem with zoo sexuals is. Some call it repulsive, but that's not a good enough reason to prevent someone from exploring whatever sexual interest they have with animals. I'm telling you, do you guys remember it? I was actually at a conference preaching in New Jersey when the Supreme Court decision went down. And even on the road, I don't know if it, do you guys remember that day? It was like a punch in the gut. Remember that? Spiritually, it's like, whoa. Because I'm telling you, it was a watershed moment. And then when I came back, I interrupted my study, and we did our four-week study of the Christian response to the Supreme Court decision, which is still up on the internet, and people are hardly watching it. Because you don't want to get equipped. You don't want to deal with this. And our country is on flames going straight to hell because of it. But one congressman from Texas stated, because that Supreme Court decision he warned five years ago, this is where we're headed. And I quote, gay marriage would be the slippery slope to polygamy and bestiality. When you say it's not a man and a woman anymore, then why not have three men and one woman and four women or one man? And, or why not, you know, somebody has a love for an animal? But come on. It's bad enough we are. <laughs> people aren't really bestiality. Really? Bestiality? Yeah. There's people who are marrying their animals. Because again, you can make it up, right? Let me give you just one example. We've all heard a dog's best friend, but for one woman, it's death do us part for her and her pooch. 47-year-old Amanda Rogers was married 20 years ago, but the marriage ended after only a few months. It seems like she was barking up the wrong tree with that guy. You may be wondering what kind of dog was it to win her over, have her walk down the aisle? Well, it was a terrier. Its name is Sheba. It's also a female, just like her. It's kind of like a lesbian romance here. I hope they're not doing anything sexual. They did kiss during the ceremony. Of her new marriage, Amanda says, I couldn't think of anything I could need more from a life partner. Really, though? Yeah, really, though. You know a good term to describe this kind of mentality? You got a depraved mind, and you're going to start doing things you ought not to do. Because you know what? I gave you this chance, you didn't turn around. I gave you this chance, you didn't turn around. I gave you this chance, you didn't turn around. Fine. Guess what? You're down the tubes. Short of a miracle, the Spirit of God having grand mercy on us, we're done. We're done. In fact, 
It isn't just, ah, she married her dog. There are people right now that are saying we need to now normalize bestiality. That's where it's at. You opened up the box, you rolled over on it. You thought it would be cool to not preach God's truth and keep your mouth shut about it. And, and, and you were more concerned about numbers and popularity and being politically correct. And now this is what you get, right? Watch this. This is sick. Oh, I, I would argue that all of them should be legal. Um, overarchingly for the same reason that the state really has very little interest controlling what people do in their own private lives in their own bedrooms unless it directly and negatively affects other people in a tangible way. And I'm not convinced that any of those particular items, whether it's bestiality, polygamy, incest, do have that effect on consenting adults or between human beings and animals where consent really is not a meaningful question. Peter Singer, in your 2001 article, Heavy Petting, uh, you state that mutually satisfying sexual activities between humans and animals can develop. <laughs> Please explain. <laughs> I wondered if that one would come up. Um, so firstly, um, it was a book review. It wasn't really an article. I was reviewing a book that discussed this issue. I mean, it is a fact that there is sexual contact between some humans and animals. Um, and I was raising the question, why we have such a taboo on this? Because God said not to. That's why. Uh, it's going against the norm. That's not normal. You don't need a class. We, we've allowed ourselves to get confused on something that's not confusing. The, the, we, we've allowed ourselves to like, well, maybe, and we start to question something that's there's no need to question. Look at anybody here, I see two options. I see men and women. And I'm not saying this to be crass to anybody, but if you doubt that, go home, take your clothes off, and it's very apparent. It's that simple. But what do we, we, we bought into this narrative, this satanic narrative. No, 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 no. It could be this and that. And they, they, they romanticize it, and these people and their feelings. It's all about self and who are you. You shouldn't judge. And, all, and it's in the church now. And it's part of the destruction of our society, just like God warned about. Watch this. Former House Majority Leader Tom DeLay, he said this. Not only is, listen, and again, right after the Supreme Court decision, you didn't turn around from that, you're going into that final stage. He said, not only is all hell breaking loose after the Supreme Court's ruling on gay marriage, but we're on the fast track to legalizing all new kinds of perversions, including pedophilia and bestiality. He also pointed out to a, quote, secret memo from the Department of Justice when asked if the tax-exempt status of religious institutions could be pulled if they teach against gay marriage, let alone any of this other stuff. Quote, we've already found a secret memo coming out of the Justice Department saying that they are now going after 12 new perversions. Things like bestiality, polygamy, having sex with little boys, and making that legal. Not only that, but they have a whole list of strategies to go after the churches, the pastors, any businesses that try to assert their religious liberty. Quote, this is coming, and it's coming like a tidal wave. Why? Because God says that's exactly what's going to happen. And the underpinning movement behind it is the satanic law of self-indulgence that we bought into. This is where it's coming from. Okay? As we saw last time again, half the church is going along with this. Seriously. Remember when it was a big brouhaha when just churches started saying, well, maybe it's okay to be homosexual. Remember that? Oh, now that's, who even talks about that? 
That's all over the place now. It's split almost every single major denomination right down the middle. But there's a ton of them. Then remember how it was like, whoa. Did you think it was going to stop there? No. Then what? We're going to allow homosexual pastors. Remember that? And then that was, oh, 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 that's, that's crazy. Now you're going too far. But we didn't do anything about it. Did you think it was going to stop there? No. And what's the latest trend? Transgender pastors. This is not the world, folks. This is the church. You wonder why things are so messed up? We're supposed to be the salt and the light. We're the preservatives. And why is our country rotting? Because we're not preserving. We don't have the guts to preach God's truth anymore. And we bought into a satanic lie. We're actually got our hand in the satanic cookie jar about the church. It's not going to stop there. And I will make a prediction. If we're still alive and still here and the rapture hasn't taken place, you think it's going to stop with transgender pastors? You just wait, folks. It's going to get worse. As long as we keep our mouth shut, it's going to get worse. And I don't know about you, but I was trained by Dr. Couch in seminary. He says, men, the apostasy's in high gear. He says, I don't know about you, but I'm going down with one arm swinging and the Bible in the other. That needs to be our attitude. Not apathy, not fear. You stand on God's truth. He's got your back. Last time I checked, he's bigger than any of these people. And you be faithful to what he says, and he'll take care of you. He'll never bless compromise. But this is what's happening to our country. This ought not to be done. We're at that depraved stage. In fact, it's so bad. We're in such a state of satanic rebellion. I'll put it that way because, again, this is the, when you understand the laws of Satanism, it isn't just our country is, oh, they're getting away from Christian principles. Our country is following satanic principles. That's why it's so bad. You get it? You didn't, we didn't see it until we were taught it. Now you're taught it, and now you're, oh, boy, no wonder it's getting so satanic out there. Okay. But we're getting in such a state of state satanic rebellion that these guys have not only twisted the rainbow and turned it into something that's not. Again, what's that? That's the reverse, right? Satanism, right? Uh, but they are so flaunting that sin and this mindset, it's my lifestyle, I'll do whatever I want to do, that they actually have now launched a pride flag in space. Watch this. This is crazy. Can I translate that for you? You know what that is? In your face, God. In your face. You think God's not watching us? You're so steeped in your satanic rebellion. 
you had the audacity to launch that into space. God's, he's above and beyond. He's watching this. He watches everything. It made me think of this passage that we started off with tonight. You launch that in space, here's what you're going to get for that. God said this, the wrath of God's being revealed from where? Heaven. Against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. You launch that in heaven, you know what you're going to get? You're going to get God's wrath from heaven. He's watching this. In fact, if you keep reading the scripture, which I highly recommend, Romans 1, he tells us, he starts off right there, the wrath of God's being revealed from heaven. Then, as we saw tonight in our study, he tells you why, because he gave you a chance. You should have known he's real, but you kept turning away, and you wouldn't re repent, and you kept, and you wouldn't repent, and it destroyed your society. And do you just like, okay, I'll just let you smolder? No. Here comes your payoff in Romans chapter 2. Here's what all these people are getting, including the churches that go along with that. Romans 2.5. But because your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath when his righteous judgment will be revealed. Not just for a world. You wonder why the seven-year tribulation is coming? You wonder why it's not just seven minutes or seven hours or seven days or seven months or one year or two or three or five, but seven years of God's wrath being poured out on this planet? Folks, what do you expect? Look at all the things that we talked about. Abortion, homosexuality, this whole gender, make it up as you go, pedophilia, bestiality, and you're so arrogant about it, you're gonna launch a flag in space and say, in your face, God, you really think he's gonna sit there and do nothing about this? You wonder why it's coming. This is why it's coming. This is why it's coming from heaven. And these churches that are going along with this, it's not just you're bearing off the scripture, you're proclaiming Satanism instead of the scripture. In fact, there's two memes to me that describes what's going on in the church today. Here's the first one. Here's all you get from the church by and large. God's going to bless your socks off. Oh, yeah, Lord, we received that message. Hey, repent. And what do they do? Who are you to judge? And they come after you with clubs and fists. And that's the rebellion. If you, if you don't tell me only what I want to hear, you're going to get it. That's the church today. And you know what? We may not see it, but spiritually, this is really what's going on in the church. Watch this. You may have been born in church, baptized in church, served in the church, could have been married in church, died in church, but still end up in hell because you were only in the church, not in Christ. And all those churches, oh, you're, you got your numbers, ma'am. But spiritually, at the end, when they take their last breath, they're going straight into hell. That's what's going on. And they have you and I out to be the bad guys. And they think that that is what we need to give to our society. Open the door, go straight into hell. It's nuts. Why? Because you followed Satanism, not the Savior. Didn't see it until you understood their beliefs. But now you see their beliefs. Wow, no wonder things are messed up. We need to preach the truth like never before. We're on a giant rescue mission, folks. This is not a time to get scared or apathetic or whatever. Certainly not a time to be fearful. You hear me say it all the time. It's time to be faithful. There's people, including these people who are involved in this. Guess what? Jesus can save them. I used to be involved in Satanism. I used to be involved in the occult, like that lady that married the witch, the witch lady that married the demon. I was, I was infested. I was, I was full of demons. I asked them to come inside. God had mercy on me. And, and I did all kinds of immorality and drugs and all kinds of, don't you tell. I had the biggest, you're looking at the biggest trouble there was. 
God had mercy on me. This isn't a time to be fearful. We have the greatest message to tell these people who, because we see what they don't see. We see, oh, you might go to a church service, but you're going straight into hell because that church never tells you the truth. They don't even tell you the gospel. You don't even know who God really is. The God that they preach is not the God of the Bible. It's a God of their own making, which is an idol. So we have the privilege. It's not a time to be fearful. They're going to come and get It's a time to get the same boldness that the early church had where they gathered together and they prayed, oh God, give us boldness. And God's spirit came upon them. So and even the building shook and they went out and they preached the gospel and souls got saved. That's how we need to finish in these days. Don't let the enemy give you fear because that doesn't come from God. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and sound mind. The truth will always prevail. And I don't know about you, but again, I'm going to have my head in a jail cell uh, uh, sitting on the concrete floor. I'd rather have this go through my brain. Uh, you know what, God? I know I wasn't perfect. I know I didn't do everything you told me exactly, but you know what? We had a good run, and you bore much fruit. We did the best that we could. I'd rather have that go through my head than like, oh, man, I should have, could have. Why didn't I? I should have. Or the rapture could happen and we're out of here. I don't know. But going AWOL, being fearful, retreating is not an option. We need to love people in the face of adversity to lead them out of this danger. Their version of love is twisted. Keep your mouth shut and basically shake their hand while they go to hell is not love. We need to love them enough, even if they initially get mad at you. I used to really hate Christians. And I love to chew them up. I was mean enough. But two of them love me enough to keep telling me about Jesus. We need to be that people. Stop being afraid and get busy sharing the truth. Amen? Lord willing, uh, next time. It gets even worse. <laughs> because next time we're going to be dealing with now the behavior. Okay? They don't just codify these beliefs. We're going to get the behavior. Then we're going to get into probably the symbols, because remember when we went through the symbols with witchcraft, and once you understood the symbols and what they meant, boy, they're everywhere, aren't they? I'm telling you, so it is with Satanism, folks. You better pay attention to what's going on, graffitis, t-shirts, necklaces, tats, the whole nine yards, it's all over the place, okay? And, uh, but we'll get into that, and then we'll, uh, Lord willing, finish on the promotion, who's promoting this, unfortunately. So let's pray. Well, hi, this is Billy Crone of Get Life Ministries, and I hope you were blessed with this study. But in closing, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? Before you answer that, let me share a couple things that the Bible says. Did you know that the Bible says that God is holy and that we are not, and the wages of our sin or unholiness is death? In other words, we deserve to die and go straight to hell and be separated from God for all eternity. This is the great cosmic dilemma. God who is holy and we are not, how can we have a relationship with Him? The two will never mix. Now, to make matters worse, we don't even want to admit this, even though God already knows He's God. And so God out of love gave us something called the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were not something to just memorize or stick on your wall or give the appearance of being a religious person. The Ten Commandments were God's divine x-ray, if you will, into our heart and soul to reveal this truth that we need to admit. And that is this, that God is holy and that we are not. We are disqualified for heaven. So let's take a look at that divine x-ray that God's trying to get us to realize. 
uh, the, the Ten Commandments. The, the ninth one says, you shall not bear false witness. That's lying. Okay? How many guys have ever told a lie? Raise your hand. Okay? Well, if you didn't raise your hand, you just did. You just told a lie because we've all done that. Well, that makes us a liar. The, another Ten Commandments says that you shall not steal. Don't ever take anything without permission. How many of you guys uh, have ever done that? Well, you guys already said you're a bunch of liars. All of our hands should have went up on that one. And for being honest, God already knows. Folks, we've all taken something. We've stolen something, right? That makes us a thief. Another Ten Commandments says that you shall not use the Lord's name in vain. He's not just holy. Even His name is holy. Hey, folks, let's be honest. If you can believe it, even the name of Jesus Christ uh, has been turned into a common cuss word. Well, the Bible says that's a sin of blasphemy. Now we're a, a blasphemer. The Bible says you shall not commit adultery. And Jesus said, here's his standard. Uh, even if you look at another person with lust in your eye, you committed adultery in your heart. Wow, so now we're an adulterer. The Bible says you shall not murder. And you might think, well, hey, at least I haven't done that one. Really? Again, the Bible says that the sin of hatred, wishing somebody was dead, okay, that, that's the same thing. Uh, it's akin to the sin of murder. It's just you pulled the trigger in your heart, but God sees the heart. Hey, folks, that's just five out of ten. How are you doing? You still think you're going to get to heaven on your own? You still think that you're qualified, that you're holy like God, and you could bridge the gap and have a relationship with Him forever? I don't think so. I mean, what did we just see? You're going to stand before God, and so am I. We all are. And we're going to have to give an account for who we are. Hey, hey, God, let me in. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a liar. I'm a thief, I'm a blasphemer, I'm an adulterer, I'm a murderer. And the scripture is very clear, folks. Such people as these will not inherit the kingdom of God. We're in trouble. But folks, here's the good news. The Bible says that if we would just admit that, that's the first step, to admit that God is holy, that I'm not, I'm disqualified for heaven, I need a Savior. If we would admit that and then ask for the Savior to save us. That, that's what God was doing with Jesus. God gave us His Son, Jesus Christ. He took the death penalty in our place so that we could be completely forgiven of everything we've ever done and be made holy through Jesus so that we can now have a relationship with God both here and now and forever in heaven. We can become qualified. The word that the Bible uses is a word called pardon, that God is willing to pardon us of all of our sins and crimes that we've committed against Him and disqualified us, that disqualified us for heaven, right? And we've actually seen this work in real life. Uh, for instance, uh, there's been people who have committed crimes, gone to court, the gavel's been passed, the judge has said, hey, listen, we all know you're guilty, uh, you even admit you're guilty, and uh, for your crimes, you're going to not just jail, you're going to uh, await in jail to go to the death penalty. And did you know that there actually is a way that somebody could get off of death row, it's called a pardon. The one in the authority, the governor, can grant what's called a pardon for that person's crimes, and they literally can go free. Not because of something they did, because the deeds are already done, you can't undo it. Not because of they tried to clean up their act while they were stuck in the jail cell, because that doesn't change anything. But simply out of mercy, the person who has the authority can give them a pardon, and they can go free. And did you know it's actually on historical record that there have been people who have been granted a pardon from the death penalty and they've refused to take it. And so even though the offer was there to be set free, they themselves still had to go to the death penalty. 
Folks, in a nutshell, that's what God's doing every single day with all of us this side of heaven. While you still have breath, you still have an opportunity to receive God's pardon. He's willing to forgive you of all your sins if you would just receive His pardon through Jesus Christ. Again, that's what He was doing on the cross. The cross was the death penalty of the day. But since we weren't there, and since we can't earn it, it's a gift from God, you have to receive that by faith. Reach out even today from your own spiritual jail cell, if you will, and say yes to Jesus and God's pardon so that you can be set free and go to heaven. The Bible says that if you will confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the grave, you will be saved. Hey folks, if that's you, don't delay. You may not even have tomorrow. Today could be your last day. Please accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Confess with your mouth He is the Lord. Believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the grave, and the Bible says you will be saved. Well, this has been Billy Crone of Gill Life Ministries. If there's anything that we could do for you, our information and, and number will come up here shortly. And please don't hesitate to contact us. But remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless.